So Psalm 19, uh, verse 1, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Uh, so David starts this psalm out, you're probably familiar with this. Um, I, every time I read this, I think of uh, uh, the Chris Tomlin song, Great Is Your Name in All the Earth. You know, and he's he's got that really high voice, but he's singing, "Heavens declare your glorious." You know, he's got that going and everything. It just I can't sing at his range. I, I, yeah. Anyways, you guys get it, right? Um, it just that the heavens declare God's glory. That that creation, you know, even all around us. But this is mostly uh, this psalm as he's writing. He's talking about the heavens. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that David is looking up at the heavens. Uh, you know, writing this, you know, I, I don't, I, that's one of those things where there was an inspiration, I think that came from it, that, that, uh, you know, he was outside and, um, and he just looks up and he can, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God and, you know, where he starts, where he starts talking about the sun and things. So maybe he's, he's out there and, and we'll get into more of this a little bit uh, later, but um, I'm led to believe uh, just as, as David was writing this, that he's enjoying the, the warmth of the sun and uh, looking up and just that beautiful sky and and uh, probably has a beautiful skyline he's looking at and just going, you know what? This declares the glory of God, you know, just, just to see, you know, God's work uh, that his glory is shown in his creation. Um, now that can be, we can look at the human body and just understand how wonderful the Lord's works are. That, that we have what we need to survive and that our body heals itself. Our body tells us when something's hurt, um, when we're hungry or thirsty, our body tells us these things. We, have, we, are, we are very high-tech uh, uh, organisms, people. Uh, I don't know if organism's the right word, but creations. I can say creations. Um, very, very high-tech, uh, very complex beings. Very simple, but very complex uh, you, you can look at, at things as, such as DNA, and none of us have the same DNA. Uh, every single person has a different DNA. Um, some might look the same if we come from the same family line, but mine is different than my brother's and different, different than my sister's. So that, you know, it, can be, it can be seen, oh, okay, okay this, this lines up here. These two are related. You know, the, my, the, the code within my body um, is, you know, comes from my father and my mother and we share that same DNA. So when you think of those things and understand how, uh, intricate we are and, and, uh, just the, the fact that, uh, we can see and all the science that goes into vision and hearing, talking, all of these things. And I know I've mentioned these things before, but to understand that, you know, we can take for granted that beautiful sky over us. That, 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 that blue sky and, and maybe a, just a light cloud, uh, you know, floating through or whatever it is and how beautiful that is. I don't know if you guys, I, I used to fly a lot in my old job and um, I say a lot. I travel, you know, three to four times a year. Um, but getting up over the, you know, on a cloudy day and just to realize the sun is still shining and, and to, to, to get up over that cloud and when you when you propel right through that cloud and it's nothing but sunshine and it's you can't as a Christian not praise God at that time. 
And I don't think anybody can look out there and go, oh, you know, praise evolution. You know, I, I just, you know, I think people can appreciate beauty, but they're not willing to glorify the creator. But when we get up there, we understand God did this. And I'm like, I just want to jump out on those clouds. I just want to, not that I want to jump out of a moving aircraft. I will say I do want to someday skydive, but I can't do that. I could, she would never let me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I couldn't do it with, with three kids and just say, hey, I'm just going to go jump out of an airplane. Not that that's, that's if you want to do it, do it. I'm not going to do it. I, uh, I stopped riding motorcycle because people were stupid. And I had three really young kids at home and I just didn't trust people. And, uh, but, uh, just, I, I, I've never been to the point where I, I just, it's just uh, every day I'll look at the clouds. I mean, those rolling clouds and they're building, it's just gorgeous. And the sunbeams hitting up. It's, it's the heavens declare the glory of God, you know? And uh, David, he's looking up at the sky and saying, I, I see God. I see God. You know, he's looking up there and, and, and it's all, it's all God's handprints, fingerprints all over everything. And, and uh, David is speaking of a, the glory of the Lord that he could see in creation. Verse two says, day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals, uh, reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle, an ackle for the sun. And uh, that, that kind of runs right into verse 5, but we're going to stop right there. But when he says that God's creation speaks here, um, it utters speech, uh, and night unto night reveals knowledge. You know, that if we study the sky, it, God's creation speaks to us of him. It declares him. And uh, where it says night unto night reveals knowledge, where you could actually look at the stars and study and go, this is all put together by an intelligent designer. Even if someone looks at, at creation, uh, much of science has moved, started to move away from evolution, saying there's way too much order here. There's way too – DNA itself is just put a, a hand grenade right in the middle of, of, the, of that whole belief system. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. There's too much order here for this to have been a mistake. Just a, 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 you know, something that just happened. And when he says here, uh, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. You know, that, that God's creation speaks every language. That, that whether we're in China, we're in Russia, Italy, wherever we are, um, anybody can look up at, in, in awe at creation. And and look at look at the sky and go, wow! You know what? I really enjoy the sun. Or what, would you look at the moon? You know who doesn't appreciate a meteor shower? You guys ever watch those things? My dad uh, lives in Orland, up on on uh, top of uh, one of the mountains there, and uh, uh, as you're going to Blue Hill, right before the Blueberry Factory. And there, my dad lives uh, right there on one of the blueberry fields. Uh, and my family. Uh, owns and um, and to go out there when it's dark and to be my dad would call us and we go out there we've taken the girls out sitting out there in like November it's freezing out we're all bundled up but we all you forget it when you start seeing 
and you see these things go through and there's no language. You, we could stand right next to somebody who doesn't speak our language and go, <gasps> you know, and that, that where it says there's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone um, out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world that creation speaks and, and, and the majesty of creation speaks. You know, God's uh, it, it speaks every language to every culture. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that every culture recognizes God as the creator, the God of the Bible. Uh, but uh, it, it no doubt uh, still speaks to everybody. You know, his creation still declares his glory. Uh, if you consider Romans one twenty five, that uh, Romans is, is uh, speaking of mankind and sinfulness that that we would worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. That even, excuse me, seeing something like that and uh, being able to behold God's glory and uh, and to see the things that we can see and uh, the indescribable. You know, even even if you look at it this way, that the, the words don't need to describe uh, the glory of God and, and and the creation that He has. Uh, he has given us to to uh, enjoy and uh, and to be blessed by and uh, you know because if you think about it we have all these things because God put them there and it could have been that he 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 could have done anything you know but he he created this this world according to his own will and that we can actually enjoy these things that we now all of us right now it's it's mid December we're all when we hear of the sun. It's yes, it's a welcome guest, right? When that sun is is and the wind has died down and we just get sun and it's one of those nice thirty-five degree days in December. Like we're, you know, don't you see? Isn't it funny how we uh, we adjust our standards like that, right? Okay, it can go from very nice to wow, that's really cold. I'll settle for this with no wind. That's perfect, you know. And uh, just just to understand that that we. Um, we very much appreciate, you know, what he's given us and, and the beauty of what we have here. And it would be sinful of us to start worshiping creation over the creator where, where we say, Oh, the moon, I'm going to start worshiping the moon. And as silly as it is, you know, or we can start looking at the Zodiac signs and starting to place our trust in whoever knows, probably sitting there. If, if you just, just, Sitting in a nasty apartment or something. Okay, I got my stuff done. You know, you know who's writing those? I don't know, but you know we don't know them, and uh, they're just they're just. Oh, hey, I'm just going to say this. And oh, you're a Virgo. Today's your thing. Here's your thing. And I don't like you today, you Libras. You know, or <laughs> whatever. You know, you get to that point where you know, unfortunately, people will place their place their faith in that. It's idolatry. It's idolatry for us to worship the sun. Egypt, worshiping the sun god, right? Uh, you know, uh, worshiping the moon. Or, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's sad, but over in um, India, there there's a, uh, a, a act of worship in feeding uh, rats. Hey, we, as long as we, we do what we need to make out whatever offerings, the rats aren't going to come overtake our homes. Stuff like that. Really weird. Cows. Cows. Like, they're gross. You know, I love cows. I love eating them. But, uh, uh, you know, there's there's those things there that, that 
you know, once once something starts spinning where the, the focus is off the creator, we can get into whatever. And uh, I, I think we know, uh, especially in the crazy day we're living, that, hey, you, just, you worship whatever you want to worship. You do whatever you want to do, and, and uh, as long as you get fulfillment in it. You know, there's a lot of silliness out there, but uh, there's uh, when when we look into the heavens and understand that they declare the glory of God, and where it says that He in Him He has set a tabernacle for the Son, a dwelling place for the Son, uh, which is it says in verse five, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. So where it's talking about a dwelling place for the sun and that, that it would be like uh, a bridegroom coming out. You know, the, the, the fact that the Lord created this massive ball of gas that gives us the perfect amount of light and heat that if we were much closer, we'd melt. If we were too far away. We're going to freeze to death. Um, and, uh, you know, or it would be too dark or too light, you know, we're right exactly where we need to be. The earth is tilted the way it needs to be. Will has all those facts of, of the degrees of, of tilt and, you know, all those things. I know he shared it with us, but, uh, I'm going to summarize it. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, just, just knowing that we're exactly where we need to be for life to exist on this planet that we have, you know, that trees will grow, that we, we get the water, that, that God has this, this ecosystem going where the clouds come and they water everything. And it's just, he, he's amazing. And uh, when we consider the sun, it says that uh, the, the sun is, is like a, a bridegroom coming out of its chamber, rejoices like a strong man uh, to run its race. And uh, the, the power and might of the sun is, is a glorious thing. And uh, something we can look at, and you know, my wife loves the sun. Uh, when we are out doing things in the summer, I'm hiding in the shade as much as possible. So, like, if we go to a summer soccer game, uh, she wants to set up in the – and we're always sitting next to each other, but we're always like, okay, I'm chasing the shade, she's chasing the sun. You know, so we'll get up and move as the shade and our sun is moving and everything because she, she loves it. And uh, she, Carolina girl grew up on the beach. You know, so and I'm from here, and I don't like scorching in the sun, but um, it is it is nice to have, and it's it's warm. And we like I said, we really appreciate it. Now, <clears throat> says it's uh, it's rising. It's from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. That rising and setting from the sun, and you know, all things are under the sun. We can't hide from its heat. <clears throat> Uh, you know, you, you think about the Middle East, there's nowhere to hide <laughs> the Middle East. It is hot, you know, so it, it, he, that's where he's writing this from, you know, he's talking about, you can't escape its heat. I was talking to a young man at, at, the, at the Academy, uh, um, from, uh, Saudi Arabia. No, he's from uh, Kuwait. And I love this kid. I love talking with him. And he, uh, a very smart kid, and uh, we're, we were just talking. He's like, yeah, during the summer, it's like 130 on a good day. I was like, 130 degrees? I don't even – I don't. I can't even fathom 130 degrees. 100 degrees, and I am like, I'm not going outside. It's almost like blizzard, you know, uh, the, the exact opposite. Like blizzard, I don't care how much snow is falling. I'm not shoveling. We'll deal with it in the morning. You know, there's that – or it's that hot. We'll deal with whatever we need to do at night. 
you know, uh, whatever it is, but 130 degrees. So, so David, in writing this, he's in the Middle East. He understands the scorching heat of the sun. Uh, he's not writing this from Alaska. <laughs> she, my Carolina girl lived four years in Alaska. So she's seen both extremes, and I can tell you right now, if it, it was an in, it instantly, she could instantly make the decision, beach. <laughs> like, like, where would you like to spend the rest of your life, even if beach? She, you wouldn't even be able to finish the, 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 the thing. Uh, she will stay on the beach. Uh, she has no love for the cold. And the poor thing was brought here by this main kid as we were trying to figure out where the Lord wants us in our lives. And then he just kept building on our lives. And here we are. You know, we didn't know where we were going to be when she separated from the Air Force. We could kind of move anywhere. And we're like, do we go here? And, you know, do we go close to your parents? But her dad was still in the military. So we're like, well, we can't just like keep moving around where they go. That's kind of weird. Um, you know, maybe when they get settled or something. And so we kind of we just decided, well, let's just go back to Maine and we'll figure everything out from there. And here we are 20 years later. And, uh, you know, I still think that someday, you know, we'll at least be snowbirds. But I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So we'll see what the Lord has. But, you know, what it says here in verse 6 is, is speaking of a circuit. And we understand the circuit, you know, that, that you know, we in the east see the sun first um, and then it sets in the west. And, uh, you know, the Bible, I, I heard a, uh, one of the pastors speak of this. And I don't know, it was one of our local guys uh, or one of the guys that was local and is now in Washington State and, uh, uh, I, I can't remember who exactly it was that I heard teaching, and they're like, you know, uh, the Bible has always been ahead of science. Always. The Bible has always been ahead of science. God telling people, don't mess with blood, you know, because where are the diseases that can sit in blood? And they don't understand. Even you can go to a third third world country today, and they don't understand that, you know, you can get, you can lose your life over, you know, your life, uh, sorry, your blood being contaminated by somebody else's blood. You know, we, we understand that here, and and uh, you know, that's I, I walk around at work. I've got a pair of gloves in my hand. I used to teach first aid and CPR. I love you all, but I don't want your blood on my hands, and you don't want my blood. You know, it's just kind of that's it's one of those things, right? Remember when we were kids? I don't know if you ever did the blood brother thing. I was always like, hey, uh, no, how about not? You know, <laughs> how about we just say we're that type of friend, right? Cool, all right. Yeah. So I don't think I ever did that. I, I don't know that I did. If I did, that was stupid. But uh, but it is what it is, uh, you know. But but uh, the Bible's ahead of science and always has been and always will be. Uh, science will catch up, and then, then we can go, oh, yeah, you mean like this, where it says right here? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, sorry, this was written, you know, or this specific thing was, yeah, 4,000 years ago we learned that in, in the Scripture. But, yeah, it's right here. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we got to make a new explanation for it then and try to act like we just invented it or whatever it is. So, you know, just reading all of this and uh, considering how David is talking about the glory of the Lord and um, how the sun is set and the sun is it runs on its circuit. So, you know, we get some warmth and daylight and, and there's warmth and daylight just going around the world. You know what I mean? And uh, so that uh, we used to live in, in Italy is six hours ahead. So the sun's hitting there at a different time. So uh, here it is. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, 7 o'clock. So it's 1 o'clock in the morning over there almost. And uh, we used to get calls, phone calls from back here. And people would call. My buddies are calling. They're all hanging out at 8 o'clock. They're calling me at 8, 830. What are you doing? I'm like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, man. I'm sleeping. What are you guys doing? You know, but I always appreciated the calls. But 
uh, they were on different times, you know, eight o'clock. They're all just getting done work and starting to hang out and everything. And, you know, we're snoring, you know, so it's just it, there's always that, uh, that that difference there. You know, when you consider the, the Lord's creation and how uh, the, the sun provides what we need for plant growth and all these things. And it, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool says that, as the scripture tells us. And you know, only a fool could look at, at creation, its splendor and beauty, and, and say that it's a result of an accidental evolutionary explosion or something. It really, you know, as I said, you know, modern science is already starting to say, okay, there's got to be an intelligent designer. You know, we won't say it as God though, but there, there's intelligent it's it's aliens. You know, and uh, it's funny is you know, we may laugh. Yeah. It's 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 a thing. As they, as we say today, right? So, uh, verse. Did we finish verse six? Yeah, we did. Uh, verse seven. And now, what we're getting into are descriptions of God's character. Verse seven says, "The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul." When we consider the word of the Lord, uh, you know, you know, God's word is perfect and leads those subject to it, to salvation. And uh, when we can look at God's law and understand that it is perfect and we are not, and it brings us to the point where we understand the law is perfect, I can't keep the law, and but I understand that there is a perfect God and that he became a man and fulfilled that, that need. And as I place my trust in him, I have salvation in him uh, and my soul is converted. So uh, when we consider that, you know, we are new creations in Christ, that we, our soul is converted uh, and we now have a new master. We have that one that is over us. When we look into the scripture, uh, we can understand that the scripture is perfect and that uh, it leads us to a conversion of our soul. It also says the second half of seven says the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. So God's word is sure and, and it's able to make us wise. Now, uh, just uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And, uh, you know, Proverbs, uh, that, which is uh, Proverbs 1-7, um, it's the beginning of uh, knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And uh, just just understanding that, just, uh, that, that his testimony is sure. And that, that the word of God is is sure and it's able to make uh, wise the simple. <laughs> that I can make wise decisions. I'll call myself the simple. Um, and I, I just that I, under the guidance of the word of God, can gain wisdom and then make wise decisions in my life. Just for us to see and, and appreciate uh, the wisdom of that we gain just from being in the word, just from just uh, somebody doesn't have to be a rocket scientist to pick the Bible up and start reading it and go, Oh wow. Whoa. Hey, I didn't know that. And, and then start making wise decisions, just reading Proverbs. And we'll get into, uh, into Proverbs here uh, in a little bit, but uh, you know, if you consider, I think it's Proverbs five uh, where it's, uh, Probably four or five. I gotta, I gotta remember um, where uh, with the, with the uh, perils of adultery. I can't remember which one it is. Um, 
where a Solomon is explaining an adulterous woman that is waiting to uh, seduce uh, young men and and to call them in, and he's talking about uh, sin and how it how it uh, you know that the that the wise should be able to see this sin coming and that it's enticing and it's drawing you in and it, he makes all these promises and then boom you're dead that's it you know and uh, and there there's the warning I'm gonna have to open it here because it's driving me crazy um, but uh, but that uh, I, yeah it's uh it's to the point where uh, I I need to look look at it really fast. Um, there is, uh, it's four, five, oh, five. It was five. Okay. I don't know why I put in my notes too. I'm like, no, it's four, four, no, it's five. And, uh, and for some reason, my note, I typed in my note, Psalm two, uh, or Proverbs two. I don't know why I did, but Psalm, uh, Proverbs five, you know, the, just that no matter the circumstance that you, we don't have to be, uh, the the most intellectual person to grab the scriptures and uh, and to to now there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, but that if if we're rejecting uh, the fear of the Lord, then there's going to be no wisdom. You know, may be able to make some wise decisions world uh, from a worldly aspect, but in regard to the Lord, there won't be because we're rejecting the Lord. So, but just. Uh, the the fact that we can we can grow in wisdom and knowledge based on God's word uh, is is something for us uh, to rejoice in. Speaking of rejoicing, verse eight says, "The statutes of the Lord are right, Rejo uh, rejoicing the heart." You know, rejoice in the fact that the Lord, you know, what the Lord establishes uh, is right. Whatever he whatever he has established, and we you know there's so little that we can trust today. Have you ever noticed that to believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see, or something along those? Yeah, none of what you hear and half. Why is that? Because people are unreliable, right? Um, in a time of crisis, uh, in a time where uh, things can get uh, misconstrued, it's often said, "Please stop sharing information." Because it turns into misinformation and stories grow and everything. I dealt with that yesterday. Just don't share. There's information's going to come out, and um, and it did. And uh, you know, there's there's always more to stories. But just understanding that when it says here the statutes of the Lord, uh, just understanding that what the Lord establishes is right. You know, we can trust uh, in Him. You know, we can we can rejoice knowing that He is right, that He is true. Uh, there, uh, we've we've talked about um, uh, even uh, political, uh, you know, politicians, political parties. If if that's what we're 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 rejoicing in, and uh, that's where we can put our hope, and oh, that's for yeah, and then they, you know that nose dives when uh, we realize, oh, hey, look, this scandal just came up about this person. Like just understanding that that the Lord, that that the statutes. Of the Lord are right and rejoice the heart that we can rejoice in Him. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You know God's desires for us to to know and understand Him. That He doesn't want to be a mystery, a, a set apart from us. You know, oftentimes people will you know. God is so mysterious; we can never know His ways. No, nope, we can pick up the Scripture and understand His His personality right here. 
where you know it's his commandment is pure and he enlightens our eyes that purity enlightens our eyes you know um there's there's no impurity uh in the commandment of the lord there's no oh hey there's this you know right here and and what it does it enlightens us to what perfection is and when we look at perfection we can go well god is the standard and god's word is the standard Anything less than that is something I can't place my trust in. I have to trust in him. When our eyes are enlightened, you know, we're not walking as though we're blind. But now we're walking in his strength, that his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. That our minds have been enlightened, uh, not because we've reached a spiritual plane and we've climbed this mountain and we've rang the bell and we've turned to this direction and, you know, done the weird body motion. And uh, it, there's some weirdness there, you know, and it exists that I have to do these things and I'm going to be enlightened and I'm going to learn these things. The simplicity of sitting and, and looking at the word of God and understanding the enlightenment that comes from it. When you can look at, at the, at the Proverbs themselves, you know, when you consider something where it just says, you know, the guilty man flees when no one's chasing them. No one's pursuing that person, but they're gone. Why? Because their conscience, they know they did something wrong and they're going to have to pay for it. So then they flee. Before anybody even knows, they're gone and they know they're guilty. You know, just when you start looking at those, this, this morning we talked about faithful, the wounds of a friend, deceit for the kisses of an enemy, where we can look and, and, and just appreciate the word of God. And understand how precious it is. And it, when we consider all these things, the Lord, uh, the the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, um, making wise is simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. That we understand whatever enlightenment we're looking for. That we want to understand something. We want uh, something that's enlightened means it's it's dark. It's a mystery to us. Uh, and that, that the Lord uh, opens our eyes. Verse 9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Fear of the Lord will never corrode. Just It's, it's, it's clean, and it makes us clean. As we fear the Lord, there's a, that, that fearing of the Lord, there's, there's a, that, that reverence for God that every Christian should have, uh, that reverence for his his his. He, he he is God. He's the creator of, of heaven and earth. And for us to be like, yeah, the big guy upstairs and I, we're going to go fishing. And, you know, yes, God should be our best friend. But if we start, you know, bringing him to a level of only friend and not Lord and not master, uh, then we start getting to a point, a point of complacency of, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, God doesn't really, he knows. You know, I've, I've heard Ken Graves say it so many times. Oh, no, good Lord knows my heart, you know, and, you know, and, and we live in Maine. That's that's how people say it here. And, and yes, he does know your heart. And he knows that you may be sincere about this, but he also knows that you're completely sinful right here. You know, so uh, just the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. It's not going to corrode. You know, as we as we fear the Lord, our lives are cleansed because we're saying, wait, the Lord said this. And if I'm going to take him seriously, I can't partake in that filth. I have to be just getting into the word. You know, the washing of the water by the word is what it says. Right. That 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 cleansing that comes from the Lord. Uh, that's that's what we need. And, and uh, that begins with a fear of the Lord. 
The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, uh, yes. Does your does your New King James say yea in it? It does. Okay. I I, I thought I copied the wrong verse. Oh, yeah. Yea, then much fine gold, sweeter uh, also than honey and the honeycomb. So, you know, God's judgments are true and righteous. There's no corruption in God. You know, we can look at systems of the world. Uh, justice systems and and people say oh it's all corrupt you know and, and you know if you have enough money if you have enough contacts you'll never really uh, be held accountable uh, those things you know the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous uh, are true and righteous that that we can trust whatever judgment comes from the Lord it's true and it's righteous it's not tainted um, by uh, by sinful man you know there's no bribing God to rule in our favor over another we can we can petition the Lord and say Lord you know you know as David would write in the Psalms like you know my hands are clean in this you know that my heart has been pure and uh, that there's that, that iniquity uh, that I'm being accused of isn't there. We can go to the Lord and say those things, but there's nobody that can go to God and say, "Hey, God, I'll give you everything if you just strike this guy, you know, dead, uh, your your follower." You know, there's we don't have to fear the Lord that somebody's going to be able to bribe him against us. But his judgments are true and righteous. There's anything. Uh, you know, if there's going to be anything we can seek with all our hearts and all our minds, it, it, it must be the Lord. If there's anything that we're going to go all in on in our lives, it has to be the Lord. Everything else is going to leave us empty. You know, if somebody's a blessed musician for them to dive headfirst into rock and roll or, you know, whatever it is, at some point you're going to be the has-been. And they're going to be like, get off the stage. <laughs> We've got younger, you know, better looking, better sounding people than you. That glory, right? The glory's going to fade. Ever hearing a country song? The scars heal, heal glory fades. Yeah. Scar, you know the song, right? I, I can't even tell you what it is. Um, yeah, but I remember hearing that years ago. You know, that glo the glory's going to fade. There, there's no glory uh, whatever glory we have should be in the Lord and someday we'll be in his presence and whatever he wants to give us, uh, just, uh, in his presence, we'll take it. But you know, just understanding that, that he, um, is, is the one that we can give all things that we can go. Uh, there's, there's nothing we need to go like, ah, should I, should I really dive head first into my relationship with the Lord or not? Should I, should I not? You know, if, if we're at that point, Hopefully a brother or sister just, you guys know, right? You guys have all been swimming, right? And uh, you got a bunch of, uh, usually happens in our younger days, I think. Got a bunch of people. We used to go to the the, um, the ledges on uh, Toddy Pond, uh, uh, Craig's Pond. You guys, some head nods and everything if you've never been there. A little bit intimidating. It's not that far of a jump, maybe 20 feet, 25 feet. But, I mean, when you're looking down, uh, occasionally somebody might need a off right right and you know, you're gonna be okay you're gonna land right in the water and everything hopefully we have faithful people enough around us that are gonna say what are you doing you know what get into there go jump into that ministry right you don't have a choice you're teaching next week or <laughs> or whatever it is you know I, I i say that uh or you know you're you're you know what uh, just start grabbing a mop you know, and go do this, or you know, just just grab the grab the the trash out of the cans, or whatever it is. Sometimes we need that nudge, not even necessarily for 
for serving in the church. But you know what? You need, you know, you need to just dive into the relationship with the Lord. You come into my house tomorrow for breakfast, and we're going to have a Bible study. Whatever it is, you know, that we would be surrounded by those faithful ones that would push us toward that, or we would be those faithful ones that love each other enough to be just annoying enough, you know, just to say, hey, let's go. You know, what are we doing? And uh, we will, uh, we should, if we've had those people in our lives, thank them. Uh, you know, I can't believe my mom dragged me to church. The whole, you know, our whole, yeah, and, you know, I've heard kids say that. I was dragged to church. And, oh, uh, you know, you could have been, you know, beaten at home every day, you know, but your parents loved you enough to bring you to church. And you know what? If you didn't like it, then that's your own thing. And you got to realize how much love and faithfulness, you know, uh, our kids, you know, uh, they don't like getting up in the morning. They're teenagers. Well, my, uh, Maddie's 20 now, but, you know, uh, but it, it's no teenager wants to get up in the morning. It's not an option. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to church. You know, and and they 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 just know we're coming to church, and uh, and uh, it's those those things we're never going to look back and go. I can't believe I learned so much about the Word of God. Such a disappointment, you know. Especially for us if we're not rejecting that. But it says here the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much uh, more uh, than much fine gold. Uh, you guys ever watched the show? Uh, I think it's the Bering Bering Sea Gold or something like that. I um, I've seen it a couple times, and and uh, I mean these guys are uh, right in the middle of the winter. Uh, sometimes they're cutting holes in the ice, and they're going under, and they got these big vacuums, and they're they're finding gold because it's valuable. I mean that's a pretty extreme measure, you know, just to think like they have to get there, and they can only be down there for just enough time. Because after a while, that and they're down there in dry suits, and in the middle of the winter in Alaska, at the bottom of the you know Bering Sea, and they've got these big vacuums, and they're sucking up all this whatever they can get, the gold, and then they'll you know, see the end of the day, and they've got like this much gold, you know. But that, that's a good day for them, you know. And, and they're you hear how excited just everything they have to go through to get that precious metal. And I, I remember I'll never forget Ken Graves one day talking about gold. He's like, man is so obsessed with it. He goes, you'll even put gold teeth in there. And he goes, have you not read in the scripture that the streets are paved with gold? You're putting pavement in your mouth. You know, and I was like, you know, that's great. Something, something that precious that that can become the thing. Now, th this is how these, these guys make money. I don't, I, you know, that's, they're making an honest living. But if that is what we're looking for, for fulfillment, or the, that thing that's sweet to the taste where it's talking like a, a honeycomb. That thing that we need to consume um, by our mouth or by the way we're conducting our life. Whatever it is that seems sweet to us. Uh, that there's, there's nothing that compares to the judgments of the Lord. And that they're true and righteous. You know, none, none of that stuff will ever give us the fulfillment of the true and righteous judgments of God. And uh, when we come to a point of faith and understand that, there's no thing sweeter than God and nothing more valuable than, than having a relationship with him, that our eyes would be set on the riches that God has for us. Verse 11, Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Where This is talking about the judgments, the fear, the commandments, the stature, uh, the statutes, they all warn us of potential downfalls. 
And this is where we're talking uh, Proverbs 5, the perils of adultery. Those snares. I mean, that's that's an easy one if you want to understand how sin works. I'm going to be able to summarize it to anybody. Bring them right to there and say, hey, if you, if you want to understand how sin works and how it will destroy your life, let's look at Proverbs 5. Reads very easily. And it just talks about the that adulterous woman that is sitting and waiting for an, uh, just somebody to devour is what it is. My husband's gone, and uh, you can just come and lie with me. It'll be okay. And then the hooks are in, and you're dead. You know, and that that's how it, it's explaining. Um, that's a perfect explanation of how sin works. Oh, it's, it, this is gonna this is gonna be great. It's gonna fulfill. Remember, remember uh, the serpent uh, talking with Eve. You know, oh, hey, that's uh, you know what Eve was drawn into is that it, it was it was pleasant to the eye, and it was able to make one wise, right? And that, that wisdom uh, and, and that discerning good from evil, the Lord was protecting their innocence. And he and, and, and here comes the serpent just questioning the word of God. Has God really said? Has God really said? And, uh, you know, there, we, we have to be uh, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We have to walk in wisdom. The word of God is going to give us the wisdom we need. It says here, and in keeping them, there is great reward. There's a great reward in our lives when we're not reaping what we sowed on the bad side, right? We want to reap and sow to the spirit. You know, what is what is sown in the spirit? When, when we, our lives are subject, uh, are in subjection to the word of God. And as we're letting the word of God uh, rule and reign in our hearts, uh, then, then we're going to be blessed. You know, we can uh, sow, sow to the flesh and reap corruption or sow to the spirit and be blessed, right? We're, ne we're not going to look back as Christians and go, uh, you know, if you just think, uh, David writing your word, I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, I don't want to sin against you. I want the rewards that come from you rather than the, the temporary rewards that can be here in, in uh, on earth. Verse 12 says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. <clears throat> then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent against uh, innocent of great transgression. You know, uh, what's being addressed here is uh, understanding that secrecy of sin uh, quietly and powerfully ensnares us. That secrecy. Nobody knows about this. I can keep this quiet. You know, there there are things that can easily be concealed. Remember, the guilty man flees when nobody's no. That when we're avoiding conversations, you know, or there's the the uh, avoidance of conversations, or I, you know, and I, I I just didn't want to come to church because of this or that. When we start seeing that person that was here constantly and consistently and then they're not here as much they're not here as much shouldn't look at them with condemnation but you know maybe there's a conversation of I'm not seeing you as often everything all right you know and i'm not saying look you know if if, if the lord's doing it uh, something different or whatever but there shouldn't be that well you know it, it, because i think every time every single time that's ever happened there's something there's a spiritual war going on where somebody is following after their flesh and they're rejecting the word. 
almost every single time that I've ever talked with somebody about something like that. There's always the flesh ruling and not the Lord. Not saying that is the occasion every time, but it's often the, the, the case. It has been every time that I've, I've witnessed it. Just understanding the secret sin and uh, that, that those sins are going to come out. Uh, you know, God is not mocked. You know, whatever you sow, you're, you're going to reap. That's just, it is what it is. And David is making a prayer to the Lord to keep him from sin here. The secret ones, you know, those ones or ones presumptuously done uh, proudly, boastly, uh, boastfully, you know, in a proud way. He's saying, keep me from all of it. I don't, I, and so he understands that his, uh, uh, his source of, um, of cleanliness and of spiritual strength comes from the Lord. And, you know, cleanse me from these secret faults. Says they cleanse and wash them away, Lord. You you're the only one that knows that this is going on in my heart or this went on in my life. Would you please cleanse me of that? And he's he's saying, you know what, and keep keep me back from from being proud about sin, you know, the presumptuous sin, and let that do not let uh, let them not have dominion over me. The secret ones, the 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 outward ones, whatever it is, that they wouldn't have dominion, and that's always the goal of sin. It's never like, hey, I'll just reside over here. I'm only going to take up 5% and that's it. It always gets, it, it's like a cancer. It is like a cancer. It continues to grow and it, and it brings forth death. Unless the Lord deals with it. <clears throat> you know, at, at David's prayer, this is a prayer of sincerity and uh, you know that, that he would be sincere in his faith. Um, a couple couple verses, Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14. They say, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So I'm going to read that one more time uh, because I didn't give Casey the things in time uh, today. So uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. For God, uh, for uh, fear God and keep His commandments. For this is man's all. For God will be will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. You know, David is talking about uh, the secret faults. There, Romans uh, 13, verses 11 through 14 says this, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high, uh, high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, and not in revelry. And drunkenness, not in lewdness or lust, nor in strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. No provision for the flesh. The time is far spent. It, 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 that's what it's saying here. You know, night is far spent. The time is at hand. The day is at hand. You know, all these all these days and years that have ticked by, uh, ticked by since you know Paul wrote this two thousand years ago. God's not slack concerning his promise. We understand that from reading what Peter had to say. God's not willing that any should perish. So God in his graciousness and his, his faithfulness has, has, not, has not returned yet. 
But we have to understand that, that as that time, we don't know the day or the hour that he's coming back or the day or the hour that we are going to pass away. You know, it might be from something tragic. It might be from a sickness or whatever it may be, but that we would make where it says in verse 14 of Romans 13 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. When David is writing here, cleanse me from secret faults, uh, secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me that we would put on Jesus and that Jesus would be the one that has dominion over our heart. He's a great ruler. He's one that fulfills uh, you know, every need that we have, every spiritual need we have. As we submit our lives to him, it's, it's that opposite, where if we're submitting our lives to anything else, it's enveloping us. It's just swallowing us up like a dark cloud. But when we submit to the Lord's leadership, then wisdom comes. Then our eyes are opened. Then our life is fulfilled. Right? It's a complete opposite. When we give everything to the Lord, he fills us back up. It's, it, he, he's amazing. Let them not have dominion over me. Uh, in Genesis 4, I mentioned it this morning, where the Lord was speaking with Cain, and he tells him, if you uh, do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. You should rule. We, as human beings, need to understand sin exists, and that it should not reign over us. You know, it, where David's heart is, let them not have dominion over me. That that open sin, that secret sin, whatever it is. Romans 6, verses 16 through 18 says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's master whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Slaves of Christ. You know, where where we read in the scripture, oftentimes the epistles will start with the bondservant. James starts it. It's talking about his brother. You know, the bondservant of Jesus. I'm the slave of my brother. I'm not I'm not worthy to be called his brother. I'm I'm his slave. I'd much rather be a slave to a good a good master than a cruel one that, like this world. It says that uh, then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. You know the little sins. You know being granted a little place in our hearts and minds, uh, uh, in our life, uh, they grow into greater and greater place, and they lead to depravity, embarrassment, want. And eventually death. You know, that that's that sin sin's course. It's very predictable. Sin's course is always very predictable. You know, they call marijuana the doorway drug. You know, you do this and everything. It's off it's just because that's the one that people often can use. They're all bad. They all do things. They're gonna cook your brain, they're gonna cook your veins, or they're gonna cook whatever else, you know, whatever poison we want to put in our lives. You know, what that as as they work. You know, they're, they're doing damage, and that's how sin works. You know, when, when sin gets, uh, when we've invited it into our lives and uh, we, we partake in it, uh, it's always, uh, always working uh, to our detriment. Verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, that, that's quite a prayer. 
that's that's a prayer of, you know what? Maybe my words and my meditations in my heart have not been acceptable in your sight, Lord. But I'm asking you, would you please let them be? Would you do the work in my heart and in my mind to cleanse me? He says that, cleanse me, right? Of, of those uh, those the sins that were in his heart. When he says, cleanse me from secret faults. Lord, cleanse me from those things and then let all my speech and my thoughts change. Let everything change. New creation in Christ. Let them be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. When he adds that, O Lord, my strength to do so, that you, my strength to, to, to live the life that you're calling me to do comes uh, from you and that you're the redeemer. You're the one that cleanses me and changes me. You know, so that's David was quite a poet, very, you know, inspired by the word of uh, by by the Lord. And, you know, when he says, you know, let the you know, I don't know about you guys, but I know my words have not always been acceptable in God's sight. Nor have my thoughts. But we make that prayer to the Lord and that's a prayer he's going to answer every time. Every time. And he answered like the answer is already right in front of us. But he will transform our mind as we as we give our lives to him. Actually, it's a transform. Uh, Romans 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, uh, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then Romans 12, 2 is talking about the transformation, right? You know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Our bodies, our being, everything about us, that we present them to God as a living sacrifice. Second Corinthians ten five, bring every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ. So that we that our words we can control our words. But remember James talking about how great a fire uh, a, li a, a little fire uh, can can kindle. Um, just, just to think of of a wildfire fire that can spread from verbal uh, something verbal, right? The rumor that could start, or that that mean thing said about somebody, and how that can just shred somebody inside, and it just spread like a wildfire and just just consume them, you know. And James is talking about trying to bridle the tongue, you know. That's it's uh, the tongue is a dangerous thing. Very, very powerful words are. You know, I've talked about it before. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me or whatever. They do hurt. They do things. Some people have got that thick, thick skin where things are bouncing off them. They don't care. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a level of pride or whatever it is, but, you know, it just bringing understanding what is said and what is thought. Uh, we are responsible for what we say, and we need to uh, meditate on the Word of God. And as the Word of God comes into our lives and changes us, the Word of God is going to come out, right? Because it, it, it has to. You know, as, as we're as we're reaping, as we're sowing to the Spirit, we're going to reap of the Spirit. And as we're getting in the Word, and and we're taking in the Word, garbage in, garbage out, right? It's the same thing. We're eating those good things. You are what you eat. They say that. You know, if you're eating the good things, your body, you're going to be healthier. You know, if we're pulling into the drive-thru and getting the supersize all the time, uh, you probably have seen little bits or heard of the documentary of that guy eating, you know, supersize every time it was offered. 
You want that super size? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know he got to a point. I think he had to stop. I don't know if he made it through the whole month. But all of his levels, triglycerides and everything, are right through the roof. And that the bad stuff that we can take in because it's, it comes in and it resides in it. Uh, you know, and, and then what comes out, remember Jesus saying that. It's what comes out, out of a man is what defiles a man. You know, it's not what we take in. I had thought we were going to get to 20. We're not. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll stop there because I don't want to fast forward through it. There's, there's too much there to, uh, um, uh, so yeah, it will, we'll just pack it. We'll keep pa packaging them together. And uh, I'm pretty sure we won't be spending a week on each Psalm. I would be, we'd be doing Psalms for three years. And if, the, if so, that's fine. But uh, you know, I, I, I don't uh, plan to be too long winded for everything. So let's pray. Father, we are blessed by your word and, and uh, blessed at, the reminders of the spiritual blessings and the physical blessings we experience. God, that our body isn't beat up from, uh, you know, from whatever sin we wanted to participate in. Or those spiritual blessings of you just fulfilling our, our hearts and minds. That as we just let everything else go, the trade uh, is 100% in our favor. You take away the chaff from our lives. And God, you give us just such blessings. Lord, we want your spirit to live and reign in our hearts. Just that we would produce the fruits of the spirit. That when people see us, they see love. They see joy. They see peace, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, patience self-control, that those things would be evident in our lives, that we wouldn't have sin having any dominion over us, but you reigning over us, the true master that we want in our life, that, that gives us joy in this life and salvation and eternal life. We want you as our master. Help us, Lord, if we're clinging to anything, to let it go. And nothing worth clinging to here. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that you would help us to retain it and share it in the week to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.